The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get to our guest. Jeff Klingelhofer is with us. He is co-head of investments, also managing director at Thornburg Investment Management. He's on the line from New Mexico. Thanks for joining, uh, Jeff. A lot to talk about. We had the news after the bell from Microsoft, in particular, this uh, real upward revision to uh, growth forecast for FY23 in terms of sales, double digit. I mean, stock right now is up more than four and a half percent. Does that cause you to be a little bit more optimistic about the equity market? You know, I think it's just one data point. Overall, I think what we're seeing is a, a, a revaluing of, of perhaps some of the fall of the, the big tech, right? Where these are just, they're always quality companies. We know they're quality companies. Perhaps ratings got a little bit over-elevated. Um, and as the, the, the U.S. investor market and the global investor market shift its focus from how much does the Fed have to raise rates to bring down inflation to, oh no, the Fed is, is, is shifting rates and moving them up, at what point do we hit a recession, right? I think that the, the, the focus to quality growth is, is uh, coming back to fruition. And ultimately, yes, as a one-off, it raises my expectations for the equity market, but there's still a number of things that leave me significantly concerned, but much less concerned about Microsoft and Google and, and just the big tech companies that are, are behemoths and are very high quality. Yeah, let's come back to the macro environment in a moment. But uh, on the subject of uh, Google or Alphabet, as it's known, off 22, 23% so far this year, do you look at that stock now and other tech stocks and say, this is this is time to buy? I think it is certainly time to to take a renewed look. I think it's a time to begin legging in. You know, ultimately, the, the time to buy is is itself a timing call. Um, I, we, we believe at our core that we're likely to face a, a mild recession. I think the companies that we want to own through that mild recession are these types of big tech companies that have the ability to grow profits and at minimum protect against rising inflation uh, regardless, right? A strong moat around the, the core of the business. So when, when we look broadly, yes, these are, these are the companies uh, that we want to be buying. We want to be buying them now, uh, but that's not to, to get away from the overarching picture that I worry about continued stress on the equity market. And, and overall, my highest core conviction is continued volatility. Yeah, I'm wondering if a part of that concern is tied to the consumer. The weaker outlook is- issued yesterday from Walmart and today the conference board with a consumer confidence number that is the lowest that we have seen since February 2021. Uh, give me 40 seconds on how you feel about the American consumer. I think we have to bifurcate the consumer. I think that there's a notable difference between the high income, high wage consumer versus the lower wage income consumer. And so what we worry about is that low wage consumer. They're coming out of the COVID stimulus. They're coming out from an exceptionally strong point, but they've spent through the entirety of their COVID stimulus. They've begun again a habit of borrowing and there's been a grab for credit. And there's been an especially strong grab for credit in the last uh, last month or two. And that leaves us concerned on, on that cohort in particular. 
And uh, Jeff, just looking ahead to this week's Fed meeting, 75 basis points appears to be pretty much baked in. But what about the rest of the year? And in terms of doing too much or not enough or getting tightening just right, uh, where does the balance of probabilities lie for you? Yeah, I think we, we can start with the most immediate one, and that's uh, that's this upcoming Fed meeting. I think the market is underestimating the, the possibility, not base case, the possibility that we do see 100 basis points out of the Fed. You know, I think ultimately the, the story of the year has been the Fed moving from well behind the curve, admitting that it's behind the curve, to today maybe being right back at, the, at where it needs to be. But the, they still need to regain their Fed uh, inflation-fighting credibility with the market. And they ultimately still see incredibly, incredibly strong job growth. You know, a consumer that, broadly speaking, is, is uh, uh, very resilient. And I don't think that they've gained any confidence, at least internally amongst themselves, that they've truly broken the inflation uh, challenge that we have uh, here in the United States. So I think 100 basis points is absolutely uh, still a possibility. Hmm. Looking farther out, right, in September, the Fed almost certainly will, will move beyond what it views as neutral. And they are absolutely cognizant that very rarely are they able to move beyond neutral without causing a recession. So I view the Fed rhetoric as telling us they are going to cause a recession. They are okay with causing a recession. And, and really, they are going to be very data dependent. And the data point that matters today is inflation and inflation expectations. So that's what we'll be watching closely. But uh, no end in sight from, from my perspective in, in terms of future Fed hikes. I think you're right in terms of what we have already heard from Fed Chair Jay Powell talking about the risk of not getting uh, this inflationary pressure under control. The Fed is willing to risk inflation or a risk recession, I should say. But I think the greater risk now is shock and awe creating a bit of instability in financial markets. Don't you think that's something that the Fed must pay attention to? You know, it's something the Fed must pay attention to, but I, I think we as a financial market have become too uh, reliant on the Fed watching that as, as a primary mechanism, right? And if I go back to their dual mandate, one of price stability and maximum employment, they were able to focus very heavily on financial conditions because it didn't come at the cost of financial stability. And they're in the exact opposite environment today, right, where if anything, they are trying to make consumers feel less safe, less willing to go out and spend and deflating stock markets, deflating risk assets, bringing down the, the price of homes and, and what is the average consumer's largest uh, source of wealth, I think is actually well within their mandate now in trying to primarily bring inflation down. So I think we as a market, again, have, have faced a decade where the, we believe the Fed will always come to our rescue because financial conditions are of utmost importance. And I don't think that was ever truly the story. It was that financial conditions supported moving inflation up. And today they're trying to move inflation down. Well, we talk about policy divergence a lot on this show. Uh, conditions in China are still very, very easy, but they are easy for a reason. Uh, what's your risk appetite like when it comes to looking at opportunities in China? Yeah, I think our risk appetite is we're, the, the reward of looking at China today, especially in the world of bonds, has China has had notably higher yields versus the U.S. for quite some time, and it's an incredibly resilient country, and so there was an opportunity to put capital to work there. Today, U.S. Treasuries are a, a, a much more comparable uh, investment. So in the world of fixed income, we're not seeing a great opportunity uh, to look there for, for sources of yield and potential return. The world of equities is a little bit different, but, but the, the big story, of course, of the day is ongoing geopolitical risk between the U.S. and China. 
And the reality in my perspective is that geopolitical risk is it was never about trade. It was always about truly geopolitics, two world superpowers ultimately trying to to jockey and, and find their appropriate positions. And China's just a very different economy than the U.S., and, and they themselves are having to, to take a more inward look and balance an economy with slowing growth, uh, a continued uh, up, upsurge in, in potential COVID cases, and, and social unrest. So, yep. again, we just don't see the, the, the true risk-return opportunities. All right. Uh, Jeff Klingelhofer, Investments Co-Head and Managing Director at Thornburg Investment Management. Thanks so much for joining us on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.